0: she is,
1: Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aye, She's ready to go to the stars. Is the Tri Tech Games podcast. Its mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp Nine. I,
0: Captain. And now our host.
1: This is Bruce. This is John.
2: This is Trab.
0: This is Pixie.
2: Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of figuring out the depths of knowledge and going beyond and discovering how things really work. Hack that reality. This week we are starting a, uh, uh, well, it may be a series. We're not quite sure, right? But this is actually a design uh, episode because we are talking about the perfect magic system. We've talked about how between Trav and John and I and other people, we have like, you know, 75, 80, you know, man years of role-playing experience. And we have seen a lot of systems. We've seen ones that were one-shots in in role-playing games that nobody's (laughs) ever heard of, uh, like Element Masters, uh, to, uh, you know, ones that, you know, I don't want to say stood the test of time, but have been around for those thirty-five years, like the tritech system. Uh, and you know, of course, and D and D, of course, has gone through so many changes. I see all these things, and my question is: is that what's the gate? What's the magic system you really want to play? What is the you know? What is the magic system that you wish that someone would write down and do because that's how magic should work. And. You know, we all have different opinions on that, but I'd also, as part of TriTac, I'd like to think in terms of what do we want that let's say the next edition of Fringe or Bureau, especially Bureau Thirteen. You know, what do we want Magic to operate like? Okay, now I, I realize that there could be a lot of different kind of kinds of Magic, but as PCs, you're only going to be playing probably one type. You know, or at least you're going to be using a kind of an overarching idea about how magic works, how you know how the system, wh- what kind of a system are you going to use? And that's what we're here tonight to talk about. And it's okay if we don't agree, okay? You know, we've got plenty of time to talk about this. But I do want to hear, you know, what really jazzes you up, what really you <clears throat> wish would happen, how it should, you think it should work. And then maybe we can look our way in the future toward producing a system that actually does do those things. Uh, Sorry, I, I uh, kind of like buried anybody's response on that.
3: Well, no, 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 no. You 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 were in the process of making your point, and that that's yeah. fine.
2: That's it, what it, we're doing tonight.
3: I've noticed that with the various magic systems, a lot of them are setting dependent. You may want to have in one campaign or one setting. All of it being ritual. Another like okay, D and D. Now I mess up on the origin of the term, but it's known as either fire and forget or and magic. After now, help me with this. It's either the author or the character's name is Jack Vance.
2: Author. Jack Vance is an author. Okay, okay. and and magic is 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 not di- is not different than fu- uh, fire and forget. That's actually something else. Uh, oh, his yeah. has to do- well. Actually, a- you're <laughs> right. No, I'm sorry. Uh, when I think of fire and forget, I'm talking about where you fire it off and don't worry about targeting after that. No, you're no. You're talking no. about the fact that when you do cast a spell, it's erased from your memory.
3: Yeah, right. and then you yeah. have to reset it. Yeah, that is what. Yeah, we that's said.
2: fancy and that's fancy and magic.
3: Yeah, or fire and forget. Yeah, but yeah. you might have that as your setting. Your your how you do magic in your setting, or it might have to be all rituals or. If you have, like, a spell point system, as long as you have the points, you know... Right, but
2: see, those are are pieces, okay? And that's what we need to talk about, is that there are a lot of pieces that go into this question, and so that's why we need to basically pick it apart into the smaller pieces, analyze each of them, and then build it out to something that has some coherency to it. Because, you know, everything that you're saying, you know, like, for example, a a, a fire-and-forget magic system doesn't have to have anything to do with the setting it's just simply a magic system okay right you know, uh, and and whether or not you have spell points or spell levels you know that's that's in your system still it's still not having to do with the setting now you may you may give reasons in your setting why things happen that way and that's the the background support for why you chose this system but you know that and and that's okay because you know we may that there's a lot of good reasons for a lot of good choices, okay? But we want to go into that, you know, the, the parts of that, so we can see what really, you know, you know, is going on here, you know. Okay, and,
1: so we're
3: doing more. Are we doing more crunch or fluff?
2: This is going to be. Uh, I, I would say this is going to be fairly crunch heavy, uh, okay. but but again, we're talking primary uh, on, on a on a higher conceptual level mostly. Okay. So it's, it's a little fluffy in that regard. So, okay. I mean, we're not going to be talking about like, no one's expecting anybody to do math.
1: No. And uh, my system, I kind of prefer uh, if I'm using a crunchy, a more crunchier system, like Severage worlds, I use their optional system, which is no spell points. It just gets harder to do certain spells. And if you got more spells going, it's harder to do more spells with spells going.
2: Which is uh, what you which is what you did in the mm-hmm. um uh, in the fringeworthy players guide. The for you know for the savage worlds, which you know s- for Sonics, yeah. To be released at some point. Yeah. I personally don't like the Savage World magic system. I think it's too, I think it's too underpowered. I think it's too limited, I think it's it is completely opaque as to you know why certain things are at certain levels and other things are at other levels you know so i don't particularly like that system because you- there's there's no there's no understanding about the uh, the back pinnings of it yes Trav?
3: have you seen because i got to play at con on the cob this would be now mid november 2016 because we're right now taping early january 2017 I got to play Savage Rifts, and in that they brought in the concept of Mega Damage from the Rift system by Palladium.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Have you seen that yet, how they've altered no. Magic because they had to bring in Mega Damage?
2: No. Okay. I, was I understand thinking. what Mega Damage is. Right, I right, just, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: okay. Just and for
2: our listeners who don't understand, it's the idea that some things are so tough, that normal d- types of damage really doesn't have a, doesn't have any effect. I mean, you can go and shoot a gu- a pistol at a tank all day long and you're never going to do anything more than mar the armor. You have to bring in something like a missile to do yeah. that. So the missile is so essentially the tank has mega mega damage armor and you need a mega damage weapon like a missile to do it. Normal damage items like guns,
1: aren't going to have any effect on it
3: at the most you're messing up the paint job yeah
2: right
1: right and mega mega damage applied to normals ends up with a smear on the ground
2: <laughs> Dep- that depends on how many hit points they have but anyways
1: and the other says, and the other thing I, I when I play fate I'm more freeform I actually uh, do a combination of you have a stunt which is the thing you're really good at and then you have an area defined by your high concept on what's good. All right. So, okay. So, John,
2: you're getting way into the crunch and very specific when we really want to talk more theory and this,
1: especially in this particular episode. Yeah. And and I, and I cut off Josie there. So I'm sorry, Josie, you were going to say something?
3: It was something she was squeeing about mega damage and how it works. Yeah. Because she's, right. on a, she's in a bloody well, game of mine. Well,
1: Josie, I, I
2: fully expect she's... you to participate in this episode because we are talking high concept. And we're going to be talking about a lot of different properties that you are very much, you know, uh, interested probably. in and, and familiar with. Yeah,
0: probably familiar with, but no, about the make damage and the misting. Uh, you know what they say, overkill is underrated.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the A Team quote by Liam Neeson. Yeah, <laughs> hey,
0: or
1: or the uh, the one hundred aphorisms of, of 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 combat from uh, schlock, schlock Mercenary. Yeah, yeah. There, there is no overkill. There's no, there's no kill like overkill. That,
0: that one too. Those yes,
2: kids. and and I, I'm always up for a touch of the ultra <laughs> What I wanted yeah, to sure. start with was the the very first question, uh, which was kind of the last thing I talked about on our page, on our Facebook page, uh, which was, how does magic work? Okay, you know, how you know you're 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 casting a spell, you're invoking a power, whatever. And what happens? How does that actually work? You know, and that's why, you know, that like my first thing was, does it like create a magical computer AI that goes, hmm, you know, this thing, this person wants to create a, um um a particular effect And so I've got to you know, Arrange the, the magical Forces and draw them in and pull From the resources I have and bang That's what you get is okay. that how Magic works
3: okay the, Usually the way I explain it to my Players and this is the explanation I've used Over the past couple of years and seems to work the best When a character Does magic they are basically Hacking reality At the sub quantum level Now, basically, they're manipulating the MEST universe, matter, energy, space, and time. If you're casting a fireball, you're doing whatever you do to agitate molecules so much and propel that mass at a target that basically, you know, because you have solid liquid gas and then superheated gas, which is plasma. Effectively, you're firing a um, confined mass of plasma at a target where it's going to explode and do damage But basically you're hacking reality
2: Okay, well, alright I, I I agree with the part Okay, as another option is the hacking Reality thing where you're essentially Trying to change the nature of the World around you to include ma- This magical effect, okay But what you just described is What somebody from the 21st century Might do Okay, I assure you that somebody from the 5th century is has no idea about creating plasma or agitating molecules. Those things weren't even in their concepts of 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 existence.
3: Oh no, I know that you explain it to and I mean they're going to just go across the board, it's the gods. But
2: well, I mean, I'm saying what 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 are they doing? Okay, you know, they are are they actually, you know, are they actually going and and making this change or you know, are they simply saying, I want this to happen and somehow forces reality to bring into in, into existence that effect that
1: they want to happen? Yeah. I mean, then some because, you know, we, we typically we you know, we typically look at it from a Western point of view. But don't forget, there's other Eastern points of view. There's the uh, various uh What's
2: the Eastern point of view,
1: John? Uh, some of it is that there's spirits and everything, and basically you're calling those spirits of, of the rock. You're calling the spirits of the air. Yeah, animism. Yeah, to, 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 to basically do things for you. So in other
2: words, what you're saying is, is when instead of creating a magical computer, you're simply summoning something that's magical in that rock and convincing it to do your will. Yes. Okay. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later as to where does the magic come from? I'm sorry. Essentially, it's the same thing. You're still you're, you're still basically saying I'm I'm I need something that will actually, you know, you're actually kind of pushing back the question because instead of saying, how does it work? You're saying, well, it does it. It doesn't say how it makes it work.
1: You know, how does it make it work then? Well, uh, what Trav said, I, I did post it there and link to There was a story by Jeffrey Landis back in 84 he wrote called Elemental. And he, in his case, magic was just basically a, 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 sub, a subset of physics, quantum physics. It's basically the world. Everything was based on mathematics. And if you knew what the mat, what the formula was and you get the right symbology, anyone can can then use that spell to do something. In fact, as the entire purpose of the story was that uh, someone gave a uh, uh, what they thought was a growth spell to a bunch of farmers in Sicily. Nope, turns out it was summoned the Earth Elemental.
2: Right, and that's essentially the third option that I have listed here, John, which is it's completely formula. So if you correctly complete the spell, it does the same effect every time. There's no modifications allowed unless they're clearly unless they're clearly defined in the reasons for them. So, for example, if you had better components, you get better effect. If you have a better casting area, you get a better effect. And if you have a really bad casting area, like trying to cast a, a fire spell in a rainstorm, all you get are flickering flames instead of a, a mighty burst of, of fire. You know. So one of our options is it's completely formulaic. It's just, you know, sometimes people don't understand the formula very well, but the fact is, it's a formula, and if you learn the formula, you can do it perfectly every single time.
3: Well, in Bruce, how they have in D&D and in Pathfinder, OGL, you remember how they describe when you write it in a spell book. There mm-hmm. is a standard scientific, well, magical notation. Right. Half of, when you look at another spellcaster (coughs) spellbook half of their spellbook is in that standard notation every wizard uses it the other half is the particular caster's own notes that's why you have to make the spellcraft checks in order to um decipher a a spellbook
0: right because you're not
3: you're not hacking the magical notation anyone who's a wizard they're all taught that magical notation your You're understanding having to have
0: hack- their shorthand, hands.
3: right? Exi- shorthand. Thank you.
0: It's like trying to have my mom read my handwriting.
3: Yeah, the I letters mean, are there, silly.
0: the letters are there, but she's like, What's this?
3: Is that a Q or a J? Yeah, <laughs> well, no, the way I described it, in I had a particular campaign, uh, the Maze World, I've talked about this before the Maze World campaign that myself and my co host Perky Goth uh, created. Basically, we had a wizard, played by her husband Oz, who, he was into chemistry, <clears throat> and, he was a weapons designer and he decided to become a wizard while in the maze world. His magical notation, yeah, it was standard, but the stuff that was his character, Ziggy's, alone, it was all chemistry and physics formulas that he added wow. to, because he, that's how he understood magic. He quantified it on that scientific level. And so he just, okay, I told Oz, I said, basically, this is how your scientific notation in your your spell book would be. Yeah, you have the standard magical notation that all wizards know. Well, he was playing a magus, but it's like a warrior wizard in Pathfinder. And then all of the stuff that people would have to translate, and especially because he was a 21st century human in, like, past realms... It was all scientific computation, notation, formulas, where, yeah, they would really have to work to translate it because it was concepts that, unless you could understand them, were beyond, like, 12th, 14th, 15th century people. That's how he did it.
2: So you basically are still following, number three, the formula idea. Okay. It's just uh, that— and. You know, one thing that D&D, uh, d d basically follows this same idea, but one thing that they don't do is, is that when you learn a spell, you either learn it exactly or you don't learn it at all. They don't ever have spells that you misunderstand that notation, and when you try casting Fireball, you instead cast Self-Immolation.
3: Well, okay. If you check, and I know they pass this over to Pathfinder, Scroll Mishaps. That would probably be the closest thing that you would have to that if you, like, misread a scroll, the things that might happen to you. Right, especially if it's a higher
2: level than you're supposed to be able to cast. Right,
3: I think that'd be the closest that OGL spellcasting has to what you just mentioned.
2: Okay, so John, what were you saying?
1: Well, since we're talking about how 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 you do magic, I mean, there is the bending, uh, aka you're, you know, from Avatar, uh, bending is, I would say, is that you're taking naturally occurring, you know, the fifth force, magic, mana, whatever you want to call it, and you are physically manipulating it to affect the world, and you are either doing it through spells, through gestures, through. A dance moves, I don't care. I mean, you're basically, you're physically manipulating it to do things.
0: Each of those is actually modeled after martial arts forms. Katas is actually modeled after different martial arts <coughs> forms.
3: Okay, so-, so the somatic components are basically full martial arts katas? Yes. Okay, alright. But, but
2: So where is this mono force? I mean, is it just floating around in the air and you just somehow collect
1: it and use it? Yeah, I mean it, it, there's different ways it can be and uh, some is uh, according to w- which fantasy you've read uh, uh Larry Nivens Magic Goes Away is uh leftover from the creation of the world and therefore it's basically it's leftover god juice that you can touch and and use and manipulate but once you use it it goes away and the only way to get fresh mana is from dead people.
2: So it basically is just floating around and you just kind of somehow in your spell casting, capture it and turn it into something useful. So, you, but you're still essentially uh, 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 using your will to 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 bend to modify this material into something. Now, you're not you're you're not bending reality to include something new. You're you're just changing something that's basically unseen and immaterial to become seen and material. Well,
3: what's that one phrase, matter, or is it matter, energy cannot be destroyed, just converted? Yeah.
0: It can't be created or destroyed, just converted. Yeah,
3: you're basically just right. changing this mana into fire or lightning or right. bio for healing, you know. Yeah,
2: I mean, you can call it dark matter for all, because, you know, we our description of dark matter is you can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't taste it, you know, and can't weigh it, you know, but it's there. So if it's there, then you could turn it into something else. So, if, you know, they're, they're, right. you, if you want the basis for your magic, you know, you could just say it's simply conversion of dark matter into something useful.
0: <laughs> into something you can actually see. Yeah. yeah.
2: All right. So, so we, we well, still have good. these three categories. I haven't heard a fourth, really. Oh, and, and I wanted to talk about one other thing about number two, which was to create effect based upon the understanding of the caster. Okay, so for example, I want you know, is would there be limitations because of that? Uh, for example, I I understand how cells are put together and how a body has a bloodstream and has nerves and things like that. So if I was using magic to create, you know, something made out of flesh, for example, okay. If it's based upon my understanding, the best I'm going to come up with is some kind of a meat puppet that'd be animated by magic, but well, actually golem- wouldn't be alive. Yeah, golden flesh, you know, uh, it could it, it could look like a person, act like a person, but if you cut it open, then you just have flesh. It'd just be like, you know, wouldn't be real people. But if I did understand all those things, then I could possibly create an actual living being. Does you know? Does that sound right?
1: Yeah, I mean you know if you're Leonardo da Vinci and you just got done doing your fifteenth cadaver, you have a pretty good idea how people are put together. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, therefore you would have a better chance of producing a a more accurate model. But then it takes skill to make that to make that to make the a more realistic, lifelike looking person. You can make a thing that's alive and it breathes and has lungs and all that stuff and looks like a pile of gop. Glop, you know uh it's making it look like a person and act like a person that's a totally different skill than just knowing how to cast the magic
2: again if you're doing something according to a formula john then then you know that it comes down to how well you execute the formula if you're doing it based upon you're just trying to will something into existence that has certain qualities then they could still have those qualities, okay? It's just that when you get down to the nitty gritty, you may, like as they said, you may if you cut them open, they wouldn't. They, they might bleed, but they wouldn't actually have blood vessels and stuff. They, you know, they, they might have a heart, but the heart might actually not be connected to anything, and there'd be some things that basically made them not human. You know, they might not even, and, and of course, like the, the the um, I'm sorry, Frankenstein's monster. He doesn't die. He's made out of dead he's made out of reanimated tissues and so there's no reason really for him ever to die because he has no 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 kind of a normal lifespan anymore
1: That's true yes yeah Dr. Frankenstein did you know shake his fist at God when he made him so yeah
2: Yeah yeah But the point is is that you know considering how he was made you wouldn't ex- you wouldn't expect him to live the, in, the, in the manner of a normal person His body to act like a normal person Because it, the, all the organs were basically modified Everything about him is modified So, alright, but that's that's a, that's a side Okay, so, um, so we, we basically I think we still have the three categories Of create a magical type computer AI That fulfills the request you, Either that way or you summon a, a creature That fulfills the request Okay, you know, a magical being Two, you create an effect based upon the understanding of the caster by their will. Okay, so, you know, uh, and third, you use a formula that if you completely, uh, if you could correctly complete it, then. It acts per, it acts exactly the same way every time, um, and if there is modification to it, it's built into the way the spell was created. So those modifications, even the modifications, have limits. It's not really free form. The only one that's really free form, well, the, well, the, number one and number two could be free form, but number three really can't be free form. Is that does that sound correct?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think because everything else just falls under force of will.
2: Number two is really the only one is force of will, John.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, basically, I'm thinking a uh, a person who basically just just we were talking earlier about the difference between a wizard and a sorcerer. Uh, in modern fantasy stories, there is a difference. You know, wizards learn learn spells. Sorcerers do magic.
2: Well, in D anD D,
1: that's the that's
2: difference. the OGL version
3: of wizard yeah. and sorcerer. In Palladium, they would in Palladium, they'd be known as a sorcerer and a mystic. So, I mean, it's it's semantics, really.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, it comes from earlier. I mean, basically, Gandalf is a sorcerer. He never casts a spell. He right. just does magic.
3: That's because he's a minor god. He's a Maya. Yeah, he's a minor yeah. god in Middle
2: Earth. Yeah. Well, there's lots of. Uh, in D and D, there's lots of monsters that have powers yeah, that basically like are spells. the same as spells. They just evoke them.
3: Yeah, spell-like yeah. abilities. Yeah,
2: yeah. So we have, yeah. You know, so we have the technicians, which are the ma- magic users, and we have the evokers. You know, which are essentially the sorcerers. My thing to you three and four. I'm sorry, Josie. Um, uh, is um, it, which one of these things do you like the best? You know, if you were to have a a magic system operating, which way would you want the underpinning to be? Would you want there to be some kind of a mystical matrix that actually completed the spell and you simply evoked the matrix or summoned the matrix? Would you prefer to be someone who literally bent reality to, to your will and to the form that you wanted it to be? Or three, would you like it to be some kind of a... Uh, of of a mechanism that you know, if as long as you you have all the parts in the correct order and everything, and the right things that you need in the right place, then it just simply happens because those the order of the universe requires it to happen.
3: Well, that third one to me sounds like your D and D verbal somatic material component.
2: Well, it also includes a lot of things that involve rituals. You know, yeah. the, the whole the yeah. whole um, um the whole Cotullian, uh the stars are right business. Yeah. That's all about the right things happening in the right order at the right time. And if yeah. and they, they do, it has to happen. I like that your second one. You like right. the the will-based one.
1: Yeah, same here. I'm I'm because when I run magic uh, run, run various uh fantasy games I tend to go that way myself i mean basically yeah you may have to draw a circle on the floor you know but the circle is just part of the it's part of you doing what you want to do you know i totally freeform in that in that case
3: that, that circle that's a psychological crutch that's just you okay this is helping me focus my attention on trying to hack reality to get this to heal this person you know they've yeah. they, they got they are laying here yeah. in front of me if I draw this circle, it'll help me focus, and then I lay hands on them, and the disease is gone.
1: Yeah, or, or in the case of the game I ran, to stop the frogs from breeding over and over again and flying up into the air and landing its rain. <sighs> yeah. Ooh,
2: okay. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes things like, you know, movements help and if you draw that magic circle on the ground and you're expected to do and and the and the the somatic components to your spell include three pirouettes well it helps you make sure you do them in the right places so you know it's like laying a grid a magic circle is kind of like a grid it just it's round
1: yeah and And when you have circles, you actually have lots of different circles. You have to know how to draw. You know, you got protection circles and you have summoning circles. You have, you know, various things. And they can be used to
2: confine the effect and they can be used to store energy so that you can, that you need to power up the spell. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to do, you know, uh, those, you know, ritual components. Okay. So we all agree except for Josie who hasn't Hasn't weighed in which of these th- Three things do you like the best Josie okay
3: yeah Re- Restate them real quick again
2: Okay is do you, you know The first one is you create some Kind of a uh, Magical Entity that can actually Fulfill your request for you, you so Like you, know, you summon your your invisible Magical genie that says oh this is What you want okay then bang uh, the second one is where you're literally taking, Doing all the work yourself And you're basically looking at reality And changing it with the force of your will And the power of your mind Into something that includes some effect That you're trying to achieve Or three, uh, you just happen to know That if you do these certain things And use these certain components And say these certain words of power Then this is going to happen And that's what you do
3: Okay, so basically petitioning I- other forces hacking reality on your own or verbal somatic or
0: basically formulaic
3: yeah formulaic yeah i
0: well i kind of like the i kind of like both two and three they they have uses in different situations so either hacking
3: reality or formulaic
0: right if you know it, it is it is something that there could be a mixture of them. If you know that doing things in a particular order will create the effect you want, then
1: oh, you so you're saying
0: that.
3: oh oh I think I I you're mixing think mixing
0: the two things. But if you're trying to affect something that you're not that you don't have a concrete formula in order to do. That could be a point where you where you where you use your own will to cause that. Okay, fight. so let's say you don't have,
3: okay, I don't know the right words, I don't have the right equipment. I don't know the right gestures. I'm just gonna do force of will and concentrate until it happens. Right, So
2: that. Okay. So if you were playing a mage, Josie, which one of these, with two or three, which one of those ones would you want to use normally? If
0: I'm specifically playing a mage? Yes. I tend to like sticking with things I already know.
3: Yeah, so probably three because she's yeah, in. Probably. she's been in a bunch of my OGL games. So Yeah,
2: no, it, it, there's there's a lot of comfort to saying, hey, I know what this spell does, and when I cast it, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about people distracting me in the middle of it, or I don't have to worry about a lot of other factors. You know, it's...
0: What you said about the penalties of...
2: Of using
3: will, yeah, that that it, would be... It could
0: cause some desire effects of course right. because you're yeah. trying to figure out you're also trying to figure out how to concentrate. well I mean they
3: even have well. that in in the OGL because you have to yeah. make a concentration roll let's say right. you're trying to cast a spell and all of a sudden someone you know shoots you you gotta sit there and make that concentration roll I think it's 10 plus the amount of damage you took yes. and if you fail it the spell doesn't go off
2: right or so, yeah.
0: right. goes
2: off badly if you,
3: yeah.
0: if you yeah, choose you know, to go that route It not going off at all is the uh, best case scenario. Is
2: the nice That's usually the best case. Yes, Yes, Josie. Yes, you you, take the power out away from the GM.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, I, I, no, 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 no. Uh, You seem to keep forgetting. I have
3: one
2: now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, just, oh, I flood my spell. GM, what happened?
3: And there's Josie <laughs> wringing her hands evilly, smiling. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And even with the force of will type magic, you can still have ritual. I mean, there's some things, you know, oh, yeah. You, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, like I would, I, I, something I'll chain things. You need, you need to do these three things, and then this thing goes off. And so I will chain, sometimes I'll chain. Um, spell, you know, spells. You have to do this, 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 and then bang, you do one last roll, and if everything goes well, you, you've cast a spell. If right. You, if it doesn't, you may not cast a spell. If it goes horribly wrong, you've cast a spell! A <laughs> spell that went horribly right, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Alright, so let's move on. So, uh, okay, so we have basically three on the ritual, I mean, I'm sorry, three on the power of will and one on the ritual. Okay, that's fine. Is there a, is there a kind of magic that anybody can do? Okay, when you think about the various games, is you know, do we do you want there? First of all, do you want there to be magic that anybody can do, or um, is that a bad idea? You know, it, it, not not from a standpoint of you know of of, of of it's troublesome. It's going to be troublesome. But is it um, is it a bad idea? You don't want anybody but the mages to have Magical ability
3: This would be I think more setting wise If you have the setting where the mages Where it's not necessarily A magocracy But Mm -hmm. just like guilds Well okay We'll bring this up here's an example Setting based Dragonlance They didn't want Wizards just wandering around Willy nilly you had to trek your butt To the tower of high sorcery and go Through the trials there in order for you to get the red, white, or black robes. If you were just a free-practicing wizard and you hadn't gone through those trials, those wizards would hunt you down and either tell you, hey, look, there's the tower, or just kill you.
2: Right. But even in that case, okay, either you had magical ability or you didn't, okay? There wasn't anybody who, you know, you you fell into one of two camps. There wasn't anybody who did a little bit of magic and and uh, but didn't do a lot of magic okay well, it's just
3: because they hadn't they were self taught they didn't they either had like a secret mentor or they just dabbled with it on their own but they weren't all that powerful but they were enough of a threat to the 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 power base that the wizards of high sorcery had in the dragonland saga to say okay you're either going to join us or you're not going to be doing much of anything
2: Right, but let's let's go back to the question, which is: is, that, is there magic that anybody can do?
1: Yeah, I would. Say, in fact, I, I ran. A, in fact, I ran a game. I, I, I ran a series of games based on that fact uh, called Magic Police, where basically they're running to the fact that people are getting these knockoff. How, you you too can do magic books. And causing all sorts of problems. And the thing is, in this world, the, the conceit in this world was it's manipulating mana. So basically, you know, some people are really good at it, and some people are crap at it. And unfortunately, people are crap at it the ones that are buying the books and causing all sorts of problems.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, well, you know, like in the Trix system, either you've got magical ability or you don't. Okay. yeah you have to roll for it and you know and usually there has to be something that, that induced it either. I mean there's like, there's one like a five percent chance due to arduous study you gained a magical ability. but it's mostly like got hit with a magic spell, came from a lineage of mages. Yeah. you know other things like that. So I'm just saying your average common run-of-the-mill person, even if they wanted to, probably wouldn't be able to do magic in the tritac system the way right. it's written yeah
3: okay? you have to have something in your past which would which right. would have helped evoke that ability within you
2: right and i'm telling you that i don't like that okay that's that's not what i would want in my magic system i don't like that that you you have to you know basically you have to gain some kind of mystical <laughs> nugget you know of 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 something that allows you to be in your journey of ca- of becoming a, a spellcaster. You know, I would like there to be anybody who wants to cast spells if they have the knowledge, okay, and and the and what the wherewithal to do so. So you're not be a able to do it. So you
3: so you prefer wi- okay, we'll use the D&D terms. You prefer wizards over sorcerers.
2: No, no, I am saying is is that I want anybody who wants to be able to cast a spell should be able to cast a spell if they can figure out how to do it.
3: Right. Through study, you would have to study how to do it.
2: So, well there's a number there are a number of different ways you can do it. Okay, and that's why I had them listed. That's under bullet point one.
1: Yeah. I okay. Mean, cantrips. I mean, you know, cantrips are always listed as, you know, simple, you know, run the mill, you know, the stuff that apprentices learn. Well, if apprentices can learn it. Why can't the, uh, the scullery maid learn a little magic about lighting fires? You know, got to light the fire in the fireplace. Yeah,
2: but, but what, what is a cantrip? I mean, it's just basically a low-powered magic spell. You're still in kind of the same situation. Okay, so what you're saying is, is that we're talking about number three in how does magic work, okay, where a cantrip essentially is a formulaic ritual so that as long as you do it properly, it goes off. Right. So basically, that's number one, rituals. You know, the idea is that if, if you get your hands on some ritual from some tome or passed down from grandmother to granddaughter or whatever, on, and it's, it's, it's written in invisible ink on the back of a, of, of a bubble gum wrapper. But the point is, is that if you someone tells you the secret handshake, OK, and you follow the ritual steps all the way through, then whatever the ritual's supposed to do is going to happen. Even if you've never had
1: magical ability before. It may, it may have to really believe it's going to work. If you don't believe it's going to work. No, no, that has nothing to do with it. Rituals don't require that.
2: <laughs> no belief is necessary. Uh, uh-uh. uh, if you're in a force of will universe, it does. No, well that we're, you're talking about. Now you're talking about number two, which kind of ignores the idea of rituals. Oh, you mean Alchemy. No, number two, which is created effect based upon power, of will, and stuff like that. Yeah, that number two. I yeah, number two on how does magic work? Well, I'm saying is is that you know if you know this is this is think of all these different movies that are out there, okay, where somebody goes and finds some dusty old tome, or you know gets some mess some some strange message on their computer or you know sees it written on the side of a fallen meteorite okay and they you know piece together some sort of of a ritual based upon it and they start doing it and something awful happens okay because they really don't know what they're doing if they they can't use force of will because they don't know what they're doing and if they don't know what they're doing that's what a real ritual is you know where you're truly mechanistically doing it trying to fulfill
1: the requirements and then and and seeing what happens hold my beer <laughs> you're giving your father's lightsaber and you never you know well, how does this sucker work you don't you don't point that at your face That's- he's looking down the barrel of the lightsaber he has no
2: clue you know and only because he's got the so, the force is so strong in him that he doesn't actually trigger it to <laughs> basically blow his head off yeah, yeah. absolutely No, that's definitely, and you know, and and that's why Obi Wan's sitting there just calm as can be, because he knows nothing bad's gonna happen, because the Force told him it's gonna be okay. So, yeah, yeah. But, anyways, you know, so rituals, I like the idea of there being this, okay, because that, because first of all, it creates a a very, um, it creates a lot of stuff that can happen in your game, especially Bureau 13. I mean, the adventures practically write themselves you know so and so found this okay or this what? got emailed by some you know disgruntled guy in in the soviet union somewhere and he basically just just spams the entire world with this ritual spell that'll cause as i said self immolation all right and everybody who completes it you know and and he puts it under the thing of like love potion or something like that you know? <laughs> yeah and everyone who tries it you know uh you know or spanish you know magical spanish fly you know uh, and it's and 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 people are dying all over the place but not a lot because not but very few people are going to take it seriously and right. the people who do take it seriously are not going to tell anybody that they're doing it right. you know and so but you have so you have people you know doing this and it's, it's, I don't know what the bureau would do about that uh but I'm just saying is that I see this in the bureau 13 world very commonly happening because of well, not I mean, say it's it's kind of like a lot, what a lot of adventures could actually start with is this kind of idea where somebody goes and gets it. As a matter of fact, there there, uh, Tritech produced an adventure like this where at one point in the adventure there's a computer that has a magical spell on it, and you press the button, the enter key, and it basically starts invoking the magic spell. There can be nothing um, less willful and more mechanistic than a computer casting a spell for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, as an aside, and I know we're getting any gritty, I do tend to tell my players when when I run Bureau 13 that these are spells you know really well. You can just do a drop of the hat. You can still pull the spell book out and at the cost of an action, look up a spell and cast it from the book.
3: Well, it's kind of like the feat in, in OGL called Spell Mastery. You get a certain number of spells equal to your Intelligence mod that you know at heart. You don't have to memorize them other than read magic, which all wizards know automatically. You that's memori- You have to memorize that in order to be a wizard. But you, you take the Spell Mastery feat, and let's say you have 18 Intelligence. Well, that's a plus four modifier. You can pick four of the spells that you know, no matter what level. Usually, if you pick it, they're going to be first-level spells, or even cantrips. But you know them intrinsically.
1: Magic Missile?
3: (laughs) (laughs) But you know them intrinsically, and short of amnesia, you will always be able to, you know, that's part of your preparation. You know how to cast them there. It's done.
1: But like Bruce said, yeah, 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 and it could be something similar to uh, some kitchen witch publishes her book.
3: I was about to bring up the kitchen witches, or what would they use it—the whoopee yeah. witches.
2: Yeah, they're not clear at all in this. You know how much power these people have. I mean. Because they, they do stuff, they cast spells And it's like, well, how did they get their magic? How did they get their ability? But, you know, because they just Because it mostly seems like they, you know Found it on Facebook or something
3: <laughs> Right, exactly And, and yeah. well, no, usually from what I've seen Of the Whoopi witches, the kitchen witches Yeah The thing that I have usually seen in all of the TriTech works Oh no, you're given the exact Specifications on how to ritualistic cast this spell Oh, you need a live chicken Well, I've got some chicken thawing in the fridge That'll work Oh, we need this type of spice Well, I got some stuff on the spice rack It should be the same Oh, we need to have this Well, I have this instead I got it at the dollar store And so because they're using impure or Highly impure Or at least not quite proper versions of the spell components yeah, I wanna va- I wanna run my vacuum around and instead the vacuum transformed into a mechanical golem and it's now killing the neighbor's cat.
2: You know Or it's, or it's eating the carpet because usually yeah, exactly. these effects are relatively small. Yeah.
1: I mean my favorite my favorite environment. You need you need to get wolves being cut with a silver knife by a virgin. You get it from the local from the local herb shop by the lady who has six kids, and she used a pair of rusty scissors <laughs> and it's sage, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, no, a- a- as a matter of fact the, the the most amazing thing about the kitchen,
1: which is that they're able to cast spells. they shouldn't work at all yeah part of it could be and I, I'll call this the the uh, granny weatherwax effect. They're not really casting magic, but they they, they so believe they're, ma- they're they they can do magic and they make you believe as well. It's basically um, a placebo magic. It's mass hypnosis. Well, you you you, fer, you fairly believe that you've been a spell's been cast on you, therefore you will uh, act like a spell was cast on you.
2: So it's mass hypnosis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Well, maybe so. I don't know. All right. So
2: then there, you know, that's you know, but also there could be some really big effects too. You know, you get a whole town and they all perform this ritual that they perform once in a hundred years or they do it in the in the fall it's like you know the ritual that they do to bring uh fertility to the 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 the, the fields okay they all do it and the fields are fertile you know and assuming the real magic happened there you know they're just performing a ritual they don't have any magical power but because they do the ritual in the right way at the right time using you know using whatever things they're supposed to do the magic happens and that's what i'm talking about rituals they could be big they could be small but there're things that people who nor the rest of the year they're not casting any magic they only do it when they do these very specific rituals.
1: I you mentioned that Bruce there's an entire uh, anime manga series Spice and Wolf and the character is a is a uh, fertile, fertility goddess who every year they do this ritual where they chase the wolf and they capture her and then they kill her you gotta do air quotes around it uh, and it, ter- it turns out yeah no she's sick and tired of the job she wants to do something else and leaves. We wonder what happens to the next harvest, you know, at that point.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I guess they're going to have to learn to spread around some cow manure.
1: Yeah. But yeah, yeah. these things that happen, you know, they also could be the dark secrets. I mean, you know, yeah, we do, we do this. We take one person, we put them in the Wicker Man. We have a good harvest next year. <laughs> yep. That's
2: what Wicker Man all about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and then, but, you know, if, but a lot of games also, you know, these, like I said, these are people common people who just do rituals and it happens, okay? Then there's the other kind, which I like, you know, which is which is alchemy. And see, alchemy they, they, is a, a very schizophrenic thing in the D&D world because, you know, it, you're not really a mage if you're an alchemist, okay? You can, you know, uh, I mean, making potions, that may require being a mage, but making, like, flaming oil, making, like, you know, certain kinds of salves, other things like that, you know, they don't mention you having you know having to do that. That's just somebody's profession. So there may be you know a more of a, let's say um a, a smarter version, a more disciplined version of these rituals that produces pro- probably stronger and um, and more useful effects. and that would be alchemy, the idea of producing these specific things. And, and anybody who, you don't have to be amazed in order to be able to do it. You just have to have the very specific knowledge and the right, you know, retorts and, and, and equipment that you need in order to make these things turn into these useful magical properties.
3: Yeah, the way that they're doing alchemists now currently in Pathfinder, and I believe it is in, Josie, how many advanced players got, I think it's the Alchemist class, I think.
0: I don't know. Yeah,
3: I I think so. And basically what they're saying is, yeah, you're making these potions and you're making the, you know, you can make potions and you can make alchemical items. But the things that you can do that make you akin to a spellcaster is called an extract. You are mixing reagents and such in little vials. And you are imbuing a very slight amount of magical ability To where when you drink it, it will bestow some type of magical effect on you, and with time and practice, you can turn it into an infusion where you could shake up the reagents, hand it to somebody else, and say, drink this, you'll gain speed, or it'll heal you, or you'll gain dark vision. But that's how they're currently doing alchemy in Pathfinder. I see alchemy as merely bridge. It's the bridge between science and magic. And I think that's even how it was um, historically described.
1: Hey, if it's good enough for Sir Isaac Newton, it's good enough for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. believed in it.
3: You know, the whole lead, lead to gold thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I think he was searching for the philosopher's stone, which is much more profound. Uh, Cause that allows you to convert anything. But yeah, but I think you're right. Alchemy is...
3: Transmutation. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's always been considered a more scientific way of doing magic through chemistry.
3: Yeah,
2: and and doesn't require any kind of special magical talent in order to do it.
1: Just a high tolerance for lead poisoning. And mercury. Don't forget mercury. Lots of that. Lots of that. You
3: don't have to be innately magical. It's the very fact that in the game you're mixing all this stuff properly and basically magic is going yeah we need to go into that bottle there because he did it right yeah. that's that's the way i'm seeing it and then so you have your extracts
2: yeah and you're re- you're releasing the magic that's in the components that you're working with and so in that and that is what allows the you know the effect to, to happen
1: yeah, you you, you know you basically you're, you're taking usually it's taking bits from magical creatures and using it in in potions. I mm-hmm. mean, they're you know like
3: a little bit, you know, eye of Newt and all that stuff. You know, the witch's sure. cult.
1: fermented spider eyes and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a lot of work. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, we're talking giant spiders. The eyes the size of golf oh, balls. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh. I was <laughs> saying
2: because you know the the people that eat like hummingbird tongues. I'm like seriously, just think about that.
3: <laughs> I, I I've been using alchemists quite a bit in my Pathfinder games. I really like the class and the things that they do. I mean, you c- matter of fact, um, you could easily have a physician also be an alchemist in the game, where they know so much about biochemistry and the human body and uh, various facets of organic chemistry that they can produce these results
2: yeah you know i I mean i think that somebody who for example who has a high level of uh emergency medical care i have seen no reason why they wouldn't get a boost on let's say a healing spell the effect at least not necessarily the casting of it but the effect that it has you know because they can target the healing where it really needs to be
3: okay um bruce are you I, I don't know if you're that familiar with how Pathfinder is now I think you said your son is m- more the Pathfinder
2: player. He plays it every week, yeah
3: Okay, well, the concept of archetypes Where you switch out some class features And it's like a whole new type of class They have a couple for the Alchemist The Chirigen I hope I'm saying that right It's how yes, we got Chir- it. Chir- Chir- and the Chirigen internal- or Chirigen, either way And the Internal Alchemist Well, there's also another one called the Vivisectionist But all three of them, the internal alchemist is more along the lines of, you know, you're controlling your breathing and you're eating properly. The chirurgeon and the vivisectionist, these are basically physicians who also do alchemy. And you're getting, let's see, the chirurgeon has something called an infused curative where you're making curing potions out of your extracts. And it's here, drink this. This will, you know, cure you of, you know, that broken arm or whatever. So, yeah, somebody with... Medical training of any type, any type of bioscience training, would make some really kick-butt healing potions because they know what it takes to deal with the human body.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember if Sarah's Rolls actually has some sort of synergy with its um, healing spells and, and having actual healing knowledge. I don't remember... Yeah,
2: no. let's say it's very very simple system, and yeah. this is why one of the reasons I don't really like it, because it's it's very limited, you know. And I'm used to I'm used to more robust magic systems, but the its advantage is it's simple, like everything else about you know Savage Worlds. It's simple. It's so it's faster. You don't have yeah. to deal with very a lot cinematic. of you know yeah crunch yeah, yeah yeah. I mean that's and that's fine. I, I, I'm saying though, is it me? It gets in the way of my role playing. Yeah. That's personally that's my personal opinion,
1: yeah, but yeah it, it would make sense you should get you would get some sort of synergy if you if you're if you're if you're a doctor and you ha- also have to no know healing magic you should get some sort of synergy with that some sort of okay oh so i'm using I'm using a a, a vision spell to see exactly what's wrong and oh dear God the bolt right next to his vein so I'll use a telekinesis spell to pull the bolt away from the vein yeah, yeah I would imagine even not using healing spells and stuff, but using other spells to heal somebody, you know, would also fall into that.
3: Yeah, they have the, the palladium system. They've got a couple of, uh, they're relatively low level spell, or no, actually they're, um, psi abilities, uh, psychic diagnosis and psychic surgery. Yeah, that would be along the same way. I mean, you, I, I would call that GM Fiat. If you're sitting there and if you're a doctor and, or you're a nurse or nurse practitioner, paramedic, whatever, or even, you know, a holistic healer. And, you know, you just use herbs and poultices. But if you start... Your your training should help you with... If you're a magic user, the type of magic user. Oh, I would not trust a doctor to throw a lightning bolt. But his healing spell? Oh, I, he'll heal the daylights out of you. I would just expect that. And that's GM fiat. I would think as a GM, I would just say... Oh, yeah, no, that particular school of casting, you get some type of bonus, and that would just be whatever you would figure out, like maybe a, an extra caster level it's worth, or, you know, max out your die as far as, well, if it's 1d8 plus 2, you automatically heal 10 points of damage.
2: Done. This is Bruce Sheffer saying, there
1: are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Richard Tohoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason
3: why it's called gaming. It's for having fun.
0: Yo, brothers. This was the tri Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucka... You best attribute this to the folks at tri Games. And if you don't, we'll be having your sorry butts. Because we're some bad mothers.